Welcome to another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And I am Ara. And so today uh, is a Tuesday. We're recording on the, the day that the new Xbox was revealed. The Xbox One. Yeah, which just very, like a few days ago, people were saying Xbox Fusion was going to be the name. Fusion. I don't know where all these names come from. Have I'm you so heard glad that? it wasn't Fusion. Like one is better. We're dealing with the PlayStation 4 up against the Xbox One. You know what? I have about three or four jokes that uh, I will mention shortly about this new name. But I do have to say, uh, out of all of the things I can think of, retarded and otherwise, plus Fusion, I like this name. Okay. Yeah, Xbox I mean, One. I'm not. I'm not really opposed to it either. Okay. Um, you want to hear the? But jokes? it's weird when it's going up against another machine with a number and the moniker. Yeah, but uh, what's even weirder? And our friend Johnny mentioned this to me. He's like, "Well, it's almost like a, what do they call it? like a homonym? Xbox One." Oh, yeah, that's funny. They won. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, obviously. For anyone who has paid attention to it, uh, it's trying to like merge like the one thing that you use, right? The one thing in your living room combines all your entertainment, whatever. So that's where the name came from. But, the, uh, the other thing I think is funny is that uh, they seem to be choosing arbitrary numbers for each successor of the original Xbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 360 and then the one. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that either. Um, yeah, so I guess we should, we're probably going to end up talking about this a lot on today's today's show i'd say there's a really good chance yeah all right so first let me lay out just some basics for people who weren't paying attention to this uh i don't even know all the details yet because it's so fresh and like i have not been able to spend my entire day reading about this i'm sure next week we'll know more but very simply it's newer you know more powerful sleeker looking whatever has a hard drive blu-ray um one of the big deals is how it handles live tv um which is also one of the most questionable parts about it um in terms of whether or not it'll actually happen and i'll talk about that in a minute um but like it has hdmi in not just out in order to handle that um also every one every machine will come with an xbox or with a, the new version of the connect which actually looks kind of sleek um and is obviously better than the the last one and the controller is very very similar they made some tweaks and apparently there's vibration in the triggers now which caught us off guard a bit um oh the other big deal they added they, the d-pad is now actually a cross instead of the circle which has been something that we've wanted for years and what's weird is like fighting games are basically controlled by capcom i think like i feel like the revival of, of fighting games and uh the recession of fighting games is controlled by how capcom feeds them into the market and how they inevitably screw it up and, and flood the market only yeah. to retreat and then reflood in Possibly. five or ten years um so the Xbox 360 was perfectly timed to have the proper D-pad. And now I wonder if we're going to have a lot of fighting games in this generation. Well, Because Capcom seems to be retreating at this point. Now that we're on the topic. Of, of get, D-pads? Of D-pads. Yeah. I have to say, um, at least for me, it wasn't the fact that whether it was like circular or not, that uh, whether it was actually in the shape of a cross or not, that was bad. It was the fact that it was actually not really as responsive as it should have been. Yeah, well, I will. I will draw your attention to the Saturn. Uh, actually, the Japanese Saturn controller, which um, they also made a Genesis version of that, only came out in Japan. I'm talking about the Japanese version, which which was later released in the U.S. as well. I, yeah, I think so. And that thing, like that thing, had a D-pad that actually the whole plate of it was circular. Yeah. But that was like highly responsive and easy to use, and so. It's funny, right, because it's like when there's a complaint, a lot of times the actual, like, meaning of the complaint gets lost in the structure of the complaint. And I kind of feel like that's what happened with this D-pad thing. Like, just because it was the whole, like, whether you're using a cross or a circular circular plate is not the important thing. Well, right? no, obviously it it's how it responds. It was the responsiveness. The, I think they decided that they, they probably just couldn't figure out how to do it with a circle or with a plate as you called it, right? And so having the cross solves the problem. Like when you press the well, edge, it's definitely... It I'm still, still might skeptical. be not responsive. I'm However, skeptical. That's right. We'll their, see how it turns out. Their problem out. was that people would accidentally be hitting diagonals when they, they didn't want to, right? Um, yeah. I guess that's what accidental means. So 
they solved that by just using the cross, which may involve a license fee to Nintendo since Nintendo owns the, the patent on that. But I don't know exactly the limitations of their patent. If I can be speculative, and I will, and I'm going to do a lot of that actually this show, it looks like it appears to me that they were able to go around that by having like not like precisely a literal cross, but having some kind of like sty- some slight stylistic shape in the cross, and not just like a straight up and down cross. Because Nintendo's cross is a very specific kind of cross, isn't it? Well, we say that only because they have been consistent with their design. But I have a feeling the patent is not so narrowly defined that well, it has knows? to have square edges instead of rounded edges. Like, uh, but who knows? That's anyway, that's where my speculation on that ends. It's not the lawyer show here on Chatterbox, but. Much um, to my disdain. So the, the controller is the, the least of the things to discuss, right? There's a lot going on. No, wait. There's more about the controller, dude. More about the controller. Okay. First of all, I've noticed um, I was watching uh, Wired, some of Wired's videos, and they had some video of the controller. And one thing I distinctly noticed was that the, the face buttons appeared to be more recessed than normal. I did not take note of anything and this going does, on. And this does buttons. not portend greatness. To You're not me. talking about the, the back and start buttons. No, no, no. no ABXY. Okay. Uh, so this, I mean, we'll see it when we see it, but recessing buttons in general, uh, not, not the most, not, doesn't sound good to me. And then just that they're closer to being flush with the the plastic of the pad. Yeah. I mean, it might not be anything. It all depends on exactly how it works out. So far we've only seen pictures, right? Yeah. But we got to talk about these triggers too, man. The vibrating triggers. Yeah. We okay. So first, I was them. totally mystified because their their marketing uh, word is dynamic impulse triggers. The word impulse, I don't think, means anything. We know what dynamic means. <laughs> All um, this, there's a, impulse means there's a force, and dynamic means there's something that's changing. So there's a force that's changing, and apparently, what we've learned is that uh, what we think it actually means, based on reports, is that the triggers vibrate. Is that right? Or I mean, and they have the potential. Right. So the controller itself, we know, has like a strong vibe. Well, the Xbox 360 and previous controllers with others, you know, other uh, manufacturers, whatever, have a rumble in each handle. And now it seems they've added a rumble to each trigger. Right. Okay. So, so do we think there's uh, just rumbles and triggers or now rumbles in controller plus triggers? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming... I'm assuming they kept the pre- the existing rumble and just added two more, but I really don't know. Yeah, but it would oh, it would well. be weird if they would take something away because Microsoft is they don't they seem to like keep the good stuff they keep what people are used to and well since the <laughs> PS3 one would hope, wouldn't they? well you remember the the backlash that Sony had when the the PS3 released without rumble. Yeah, I did, and no, I don't actually remember that. <laughs> so the, the PS3 <laughs> released without rumble. At all, there was and there I was no rumble. I remember some people complaining, but I don't know. I don't know how extensive. It well, was. there was backlash that was big enough that they reacted and then changed it so that the standard was rumble. Right? It went from six axis to dual shock three. Interesting. Right. Um, I mean, do, do you even recall that the original controllers just didn't have rumble? No, I do remember that. I just don't remember how vociferous the complaints yeah. were. Well, point is, now all of your controllers are are dual shock. Right. This is true. So um, it was a big enough. It was basically like people saying, "What Sony? You couldn't you couldn't hack it, right? You couldn't make it work or whatever." And it was yeah, just for battery power probably. But I, I'd like us to talk about like what this uh, this rumbling action on the trigger now, because yeah. you actually before we started, you raised something that I hadn't thought of that I thought was really cool. That they might be force feedback. Not that. Well, no, 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 no. Not that they might be force feedback because it sounds like they're not. And actually, if they were force feedback, that would that just causes my um, heart to palpitate. In fact. But like you would like that or you would not? No, I would not like that. Well, I mean, think about it, right? If uh, the thing, these triggers have a smaller range of motion as it is. If there was a force that was modulating, pushing back while you were pushing forward, I would feel like it's even harder to modulate than it would be. Yeah, I mean, on, on one hand, I understand what you're saying, right? Like you're controlling the game with this trigger, so you shouldn't have something opposing what you're trying to do. But then again... You know, your prized possession is this, I think, uh, this uh, racing simulator you have, and it's got a force feedback steering wheel, and and you seem to prefer the force feedback versus not force feedback. Right, but you got to remember the context. Like, the fact that the range of motion is so small in that operation of the trigger uh, sounds to me like force feedback would be a really bad idea. 
because it'll just be harder. See, the thing is, right, with something big that you're holding with both hands, like a steering wheel, you can. it's a lot easier to deal with force feedback when you're modulating that. When you've got one, tr- one index finger to work with, it just seems weird. But anyway, like it sounds like it's actually not that, and it sounds like it's just rumbling, right? Yeah. But what I'm trying but to get at was... It would still disrupt you in a similar way, right? Well, not as bad, but I, that's one of my fears. One of my fears is that the, uh, if the vibration is truly in the trigger, then there's a potential there for disruption, uh, of which is proportional to how, how dynamic, right? the uh, vibration or the impulses are. So that's one thing. But the thing that you mentioned that I thought was really cool that I hadn't thought of was that um, you could maybe actually communicate like going over different textured things while you're using the triggers, which is interesting. Yeah, like um, when you know when you're going over the rumble strips on the side of a road, obviously in a racing game. Yeah, um, so, then so you would, that's you interesting. That. And the, old, the only other alternative I can think of to use it in... Um, is well maybe rumbling increases with intensity as you're holding it down or as you increase how much you're pushing it down right and that that could be kind of cool i think it actually could be a good way to give you extra feedback about where you are in the range of motion you know what i mean because it's actually going to if it did that then that would supply you some redundant feedback and technically if they did it right if it's not a disruptive force feedback or if it's not a disruptive vibration Actually, that could improve your precision potentially. You know what I'm saying? You know, now, now that I think about it, you know they're, they're awfully known for first-person shooters over there at Microsoft yeah. with the Xbox. Aren't they? It's probably also for vibration associated with shooting a gun. I would totally right? like believe that. Machine yeah. gun bursts and all that stuff. Uh, it didn't even hit me until right now, but I have a feeling that was the thought process. Well, we're making Forza for launch, and well, we need to make guns seem real. And everybody buys one game for the most part. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You are still listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. You stuck through the commercial just so that I could tell you another one. We're sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology, their website is uat.edu, and we thank them very much. Uh, so we're, we're going to step away from controller now and talk about, well, other stuff. I think, um, I didn't talk about, you know, it's much more powerful. It's got eight cores. It's got eight gigs of RAM. It's got an internal hard drive, which apparently you can't replace. It's USB a, three ports. It's a 500, did they say it was a 500 yeah, gig Yeah, 500 gig, drive? which seems smaller to me. I'm sure, I'm sure that will increase over time. Well, here's, but, yeah, here's the problem is no matter what size it is now, it will be too small later. Yeah, so it's got a Blu-ray drive, which means it can go, I mean, the, the limits of Blu-ray have changed because I don't know, because there's multiple layers in Blu-ray now, so I don't know what it's really going to be able to handle. But games on the PS3, like, approach 25 gigs. And apparently, I didn't realize this until, like, a few minutes ago, Games must be installed to the hard drive to run. It's yeah. not an option. It is not an option. It is a must. Which means, on one hand, you don't need... Like, it's going to have some sort of licensing system, so you don't need to have the disk in the machine. At least, I think. This is what I understand about this part of it so far. Because it wants to be convenient, right? Yeah. When you buy a retail game, uh, you have some means of entering a code. Once you enter... This is every game now. Once you enter this code, uh, we are hoping that it is not a code that you manually enter... I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be passive. Uh, Once you enter this code, then that will permanently lock 
the game to your account. According to some updated article I read where I guess there was a bunch of like concern about this. Yeah. Uh, the article says, you know, they talked to Microsoft and you will be able to it will be able to run used games and it w- you will be able to share games among friends and stuff. But I think it just means they're going to build some sort of licensed transmission system in, in in there. Not that like if you do nothing, it will run on another system. Like you'll have to do something. You will have to probably. do something. But and that's, I mean, again, all the, speculating here. The something uh, is unclear. But what I, what I do know about it is, um, you know what? I'm just going to read you a quote. This is, uh, okay, so... Um, I don't know what article this is from, but this is from some article. And here's what they say. Xbox One games must be registered with a single use, use code tied to the player's account. To install the game data on another Xbox One, the owner of the new machine pays the game's list price on Xbox Live. Yeah, I don't think that's true. If this is true, this truly means the end of used games. Yeah, and that's that's where all of the concern came. I, I think that's not the case. And we're we're gonna find out hopefully over the next week, definitely at E three, um, what really is going on. Right. The, the, according to the updated article I read, it was saying that a lot of people are concerned, but Microsoft's saying that's not the case, although they're not giving details about explaining how that's not the case. They're just saying it's not don't do you, worry. Do you think that they're being deliberately vague in order to see what people's speculations and um What's the word? Uh, well, speculations are going to be about it or what they think or how they're going to interpret it is. And then they're going to decide what to really do, kind of like uh, with this always on thing, which actually we should also talk about later on. Um, no, I don't think they're doing that because I don't think there's a long enough uh, lead time for them to like make design decisions about that would, something so cool. That would just be beautifully insidious, wouldn't it? It would be. But I think that's the sort of thing that probably needed to be designed Maybe not up front, but during the entire process. And they're too far along. If it's going to release this year, I mean, yeah, they have to be producing that's, actual discs. That's soon. awfully practical of you to say so. Yeah. yeah. So they, they know how it's going to be done. However, they might not have all of the features built in yet. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they hadn't actually coded what they needed to code in order to do license transfer and borrowing of games and all that stuff. Uh, but at least that they, under, they know what they're going to do and they're not going to make design decision changes. Uh, at least not drastic ones, is what I think. But yeah. anyway, you have to store the games on there. So the hard drive is kind of small to be handling a bunch of 20-gig games for, uh, you know, not to mention other content, like yeah. DVRing clips that you, you know, you can record clips of any game you play. It's built into the system. Um, I'm sure you're going to be able to download all sorts of extra content and music and movies and all that stuff. So you need a big hard drive. Not just games and, on your hard drive. Yeah. Especially since the really positioning this is, the not the, the everything and then like you get games as a little extra bonus yeah. on the side. So so let's start let's start talking about what really makes this different. We we haven't touched on this. Well, at actually, all. no. Before we move on to that, like there's two things about the, this hard drive issue that I think is going to be a big problem. So one of them is that you well now you have to install right. So now you have to wait to play your game no matter what. Oh to yeah, install. yeah. No, I thought about that too. That's kind of annoying. That's number one. And the number two is how quickly are people going to run out of hard drive space? And then then what the fuck do you do? Well, so you can add. It's got USB three ports, which are very fast, and drives that are connected through USB three are capable of doing all the same things as the internal drive. So you could you could attach a five terabyte drive once those are sold, right? They don't exist yet. I think the biggest is probably two two terabytes, maybe three. Okay. You could attach that, and it would work. Now, of course, you're subject to whatever the data rate, data transmission rate is. Right. So uh, USB three is capable of being very fast as long as the drive is USB three capable of drive, and the bus I'm sure can handle that. So the internal hard drive I assume is also capable of transferring that data off of a disk, but the read. Read speed off of optical media is relatively slow. Like, I don't need to get into super technical stuff, but yeah, it's probably going to take a few minutes to install games. But then again, they might also have some fancy system of, like, making sure that the first stuff read off the disk is immediately playable. Oh, you know what? You're right. Because actually, games like Gran Turismo 5 do that. They'll install as you play. 
Yeah. So so you could get into the game quickly, and then all of the yeah. stuff you need later. Maybe it won't installed. be so dramatic. But I have a feeling that would take intelligent coding from the developers, and a lot of coders, developers would probably be lazy and just say, "Wait for the full install. Now play." I agree right? with that. Because that development well. time thing, that polish, will probably only happen for like the Halos and the Forzas, right? And the yeah. stuff that would enhance that experience by a few minutes is is not going to make it into the budget of development. This but is true. It, Again, it could be a standardized thing into whatever their TCPs or TSRs or things that you have to do to make the game releasable or something. Yeah. Um, But also, uh, no backwards compatibility because they're changing architecture again. So the Xbox was like x86 architecture. Then they switched to, isn't 360 like PowerPC architecture? Oh. And now they're switching back to x86. And so uh, backwards compatibility isn't going to work, at least for disk-based games. I can only assume that Xbox Live is still going to work. Certain games, anyway. But a lot of Xbox Live stuff is just the same as it... I don't understand. I don't understand what needs what architecture to run. If it can't run all the Xbox Live games that people have been playing for years now, that'd be totally weird. I don't think it will run any of the XBLA games. Why would it? I, I, would just, I just feel like, why wouldn't they? There's something in my brain that says they should be playable. No, no, no. Because it's going to be on a different architecture. It's no different than you buying a retail game. I guess. You know, when Xbox Live was first released, it was all running in, like, some sort of specialized version of Flash or something, some weird stuff. Oh, I I don't know. Yeah. It, was it? It was weird. And then they started, I Well, think, it started on the original, original Xbox, didn't it? Um, Xbox Live downloadable? There was Xbox Live just for, like, playing with other people. But I don't know if yeah. it was downloadable games. Or no, maybe no, no, were, no. like, not, at the end of its life or something. I'm not talking about the downloadable games. But Xbox Live had a life on the original Xbox and... I don't feel like many people actually. Exp- well, I sure didn't. Yeah, no, it was only a few games. Much of that. Yeah, started with the Mech Warrior game or whatever. All right, so Oof. that's a long time ago. All right, so getting away from a lot of these details, let's. What, what is the big thing that they're trying to push? Right, it's trying to be this all-in-one center of your living room, like all of the systems are trying to do now. Uh, by the way, the the reveal, right? The big video when the guy talks about blah 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 blah. We want to change whatever. Yeah. Uh, they finally have the video, right? The pre-rendered video of um you know what the actual system looks like and what the connect camera looks like they spend so much time like they literally zoom in the camera to like the vents of the machine and just scroll over the the actual box right because sony was criticized for not showing the actual hardware (laughs) at all so now xbox is like the first three seconds you're going to see the box and that's it and we're gonna like you're flying over it this digital landscape uh, this box you know so that was funny to Okay, me. so what do you think about the form but, factor? Uh, actually, I really like it. I yeah. like the whole, like, cute... Well, it's not a cube, but it's a rectangle. I, I rather uh, like it, too, rectangular. actually. It's not... It doesn't have any of these retarded curves for no reason. Um, it, however, looks like it has to be horizontal. It yeah. Can't, it can't it does, be vertical. It does look like that. Yeah. Um, and I am a big fan of vertical. All of my systems are now, so that's going to be... I'm just going to adjust things. Yeah, it's rough times for yeah. you. Anyway, so getting back to the, the whole thing... The, it's got a few different operating systems running simultaneously. One of them is just to connect two operating systems of like a Windows kernel and the Xbox operating system. But one thing they're really pushing is that it can do multiple things simultaneously. And you can switch between all of these things like changing the channel on a TV. So you can be watching a video. And of course, there's gestures you could do with the Kinect to be controlling all this stuff. But like you can be watching a video and then be like... Uh, Search Internet Explorer, right? And it'll bring in from the side of the screen like 20% of the real estate on the right side of the screen or wherever. Maybe you can change where it goes. But on the right side of the screen sweeps in like uh, a Bing search. And then you can search for – the example they showed was like he was watching the original Star Trek movie. And then he was buying tickets for the new Star Trek movie while watching the original one, right? Not on Xbox Surface or Glass or whatever it is. Um, But it was actually on the same machine. Two things were happening simultaneously. So also one big thing was like he was watching a basketball game on live television that was going through the Xbox. But then he was like there was some sort of fantasy uh, fantasy sports app that was going along with it. So there's fantasy football and basketball and whatever. And so like it was showing like as a player, you could be watching live as a player like makes a basket. It changes his stats and like moves him in the ranks of your fantasy team. Uh, which is actually really, really cool for people who care about fantasy but sports. But does that, does that work like that? I don't think that works like that. But apparently they're building it or somebody built it. I don't know. Maybe but someone will have to make something to work like that. It, 
it was cool. Like a lot of the functionality they're showing is really neat that you can like have a game going and bring your Xbox in the dashboard and then be like, go back to game and it's just running. Okay. Right? Well, you know what? When we come back, I want to interrogate you on exactly how neat you think that really is. Okay. We'll be right back. about to grill me about the television features of the Xbox, or I guess the, well, the interoperability of This seems features. to be, correct me if you disagree, but this seemed to be a huge, huge part of their shtick. I mean, this was like, like the main, like, it's almost as I was left with the impression after reading the news today that the biggest thing they have to offer is you can do all of these things and switch between them very quickly. Yeah, so I mean, understand why, right? So if if they control the living room, you're less likely to use the other machines. You're less likely to use Nintendo well, and yeah, Sony solutions. So so that is that's that's their that's their thing, right? It's that's their motivation, of course. So right. consumer side, you know, you, how does it appeal to me? Yeah, my question to you is: Do you really feel like it's improving? Is this something that you've really been waiting for? Is this something like, oh, I can finally Skype my friends? In the middle of the football game. So it, or it, whatever. It's all about, you know, it's ubiquity. If everyone I know has one of these, and we all have Skype accounts, and we all know that we all have Skype accounts, and we all know that we can, like, share the movies that we're watching and watch them simultaneously, like party viewing, which I assume is a feature. They didn't even talk about that. Um, if we all have these things, and we all know that we all have them, then it makes sense. Right. It's like I use an iPhone and virtually everyone I know uses an iPhone. So like I know I can send them iMessages and I can like send them emoji and like I there's there's things I can do because I know that they're on the same platform. Right. So so but at that point it becomes a convenience that's great to have, but what you're describing isn't something that you'd want to buy because they're offering that as a No, but here's what I can tell you. I use so in my living room, I I am probably not their target market, right? Because I have a PC connected to my TV, and I like I don't even use a cable box. I don't use cable direct to my TV. My cable goes into my Windows Media Center, which controls my primary living room television. I also have the Xbox. I also have the PlayStation Three. I also have the Wii U. All of these things can play Netflix, including the computer. Right? All of them can play Hulu. All of them can play uh, Amazon Instant Video. And we have all of those things. Right? So we're the we're the perfect consumer. We buy Amazon Instant, we buy Hulu, and we buy Netflix, and we buy games and stuff. Um, but what's weird is, right, like, my wife, she still always uses the PC to use Hulu. And beyond that, she doesn't even use the Hulu Plus app. She uses the Hulu web app, right? And same with Netflix. That's her preferred interface. Right. And um, I go into the Xbox Hulu Plus, and it's a miserable experience. It is a horrible interface. The PS3... Um, and, you know, Netflix isn't great either, but they, all of these apps that are really important to our lives now have different interfaces on different devices. None of them are terribly good, but the one with the mouse, the PC, at least, like, you get it. It's easy. You yeah, this- you, know what's, you know what's the irony of this? I found that now that I have a tablet, um, I've now I'm experiencing, right, all these alternative interfaces to things that have web interfaces, right? Tablet and- interface is almost always the best. Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad you think so, but it's not been my experience. I mean, I've even found even the Facebook app, uh, the mobile – no, not even that. Even the mobile version of Facebook, for example, doesn't even give you all of the functions that the web version does. And I'm always find, find that the alternative 
interfaces have always left something left something wanting for well, me. Well, they do, but now I'm talking I'm I'm talking about multimedia stuff like the living room. That I don't care about Facebook on the Xbox. Like I yeah. think they actually cut it from the Xbox 360 because no one was using it. Um, but what I'm talking about is all the media I'm consuming. If they create a good interface and like the the voice interaction with the Connect actually works, like they suggest that it does. Did I did I read something about you can turn on the Xbox with Yeah, voice you can say Xbox on. Is that Which obviously means technically it's on even when it's off. But yes. I just I don't know. I just Or it I could be that the the Connect itself is is its own device, right? So you're talking to the Connect, it recognizes your voice and then it sends a trigger to the Xbox to turn on. That's totally possible. It's just that just sounds so scary to me. I mean, I don't, I don't want things to ever turn on by my voice. I'm not ready for that yet. Oh, I, w- I love the idea. This is, but hey, anyway, when was I'm, the last time you turned your Xbox on? Uh, oh, look, focused, my man. Xbox is turning on. Yeah. What's going on here? No, you're right. You're right. But um, I, I want to get back to this, the, this idea about interface um, and my wife. So I want it. I want one device that like is one device and also is good because I think the web interface is bad. I think the PC in general is is the wrong thing to use for this particular type of service. Right, but she uses she uses that one, right? Because it's the best interface for it, doesn't she? She uses it because it's it's recognizable to her. Like she understands the mouse input. She understands Okay, so like for whatever her values or thing is, right, for her, like that's the yeah. most comfortable. No, but also now. it's basically like the PC is always on. You just have to like switch the input on the receiver and it's there. Yeah. Right? Even though it runs poorly because it's a relatively old machine with like only two gigs of RAM. Like I I don't keep that thing up to date. But um if the interface is strong and fast, and that's a big deal. They're talking about it moving very quickly. Um, being capable of running simultaneously and all that, like if it can actually work well, then I'm really excited about it. I want that one machine. Like we're gonna watch something, turn on the Xbox. It's always the Xbox. Don't worry about which one. Don't worry about grabbing the mouse. I want to be able to use my phone to control it. Like I would love it to actually unify all of these things and do a good job of it. Because right now the Xbox does a mediocre job of it. And like I don't, I don't have the connect connected all the time because it just doesn't work well and it messes with me. Like, I don't want it there. I want the non-connect interface, which uh, is better. Right. Well, knowing what you know, and I would love for this idealistic vision of everything on this new console to be the ideal interface for each of these applications. Do you really think they're going to hit it out of the park every single time with each one of these? I think they're going to do a very good job. I don't think they're necessarily going to do an excellent job. Well, but I, have, I, have, I, I have hope they will, but I'm not However, holding my breath. they're making a big deal of live TV, and if you've ever tried to connect a live TV to some sort of device like a PC or, or – like it is just a mess because there's so many independent operators all over the country. Yeah. You know, there's Cox and there's Compass and there's Time Warner and there's uh, like Verizon or I don't know, Quest or – Clear to whatever they're called now. Sure. They all have different channel lineups. They all have different devices to integrate with. If the Xbox is going to change the channel on my cable box, it's going to need to have some way to do that, which means it needs to communicate outside of the box to another box. And for that to be fast means like the IR, the infrared like sender, which they did not talk at all about. Like it needs to exist or it needs to have some direct remote connection to these other devices, which means you need a relatively new cable box that's capable of receiving this signal and that box itself needs to be able to turn the channel quickly. Like I'm I'm a hundred percent certain, without knowing with real certainty, that the demonstration they showed today, which showed quick changing of channels and like he could go he was watching his movie and then he was like watch CBS and it switched to live TV and CBS was on almost instantly, like within a second. And then he's like, okay, watch this. And now Xbox Guide and it brings up the the TV guide stuff, which is very similar, by the way, to Windows Media Center Guide. So I recognize it a little bit. Yeah. And so you can just look at the guide and say, okay, play that show. You don't have to say play CBS. You can say play whatever the TV show is, right? Um, and it all happened very quickly. But if that has to communicate with an external device, then you're dependent on that device. And so I, I would bet that fewer than 5% of the people who get this machine actually use it for live television just because it's going to be too difficult to set up. That, that very well could be. You know what else is funny, incidentally, about changing channels on TV? So I don't know if you've noticed this, and I don't, I don't know how the Sam- – you have like Samsungs or LGs, right? I have a Samsung and a Sony television, but the Samsung is the one that gets my video game systems. Yeah, so old TVs uh, like tubes used to, when you change channels, change channel very fast. 
Yeah, that wasn't so much the TV. It was the device that changed it. Oh, you're talking about because when the actual cable... It handled handled the cable on the inside of the television. No, no. It's not even that. Like, I'm even just talking about just, like, on an antenna signal. I don't know why this is, but on all of my new TVs, my top-of-the-line XBR changed channel very, very slow. Like, three seconds from button press to get to Nick's channel. Yeah. Maybe two. Well, there's also been a change to digital broadcasting versus terrestrial. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Or analog. I'm just wondering, like, if they're going to introduce another middleman in this channel changing process, how you could stomach it being even slower. Apparently, Microsoft is quoted as saying, at at launch, you'll need a separate cable box for the live TV. At launch, right? Okay. So they might be doing all this stuff with media partners of distributing live television through, Well. through the box itself, meaning over the internet, this which they've already done to some degree with like Xfinity or whatever. I don't even know what that is. A good um, time to mention, I don't know if you've heard this, apparently Microsoft's getting into original television programming. Oh, yeah. They've been talking about that for a while now. I just, you know, all this tells me is... They're uh, going to revive Heroes. I don't know what that is, but it's they're going to do like a Halo show. They're going to like work with Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, yeah, was in the like opening video today. Uh, um, look, look, when I hear about Microsoft getting into original programming, you know what that tells me? They think video games are dying. No, no, no. They What they think is people are watching a lot of TV. And not playing video games. And like I was saying... I want to be able to turn to one box the whole time. And so if I want to watch TV, I'm going to watch TV. If I want to play a game, I'll I, play a game. Are you waiting for Halo, the TV show? Is, are people waiting for this? Can I, can I tell you? Do we want this? Between last week's show and this week's show, I watched the Halo 4 movie. I don't know if you even knew this existed. No, I did not know this existed. Uh, yeah, I put it up on our Facebook page. So, like, um, Halo 4, like, Forward Unto Dawn was – it's not like a, it's not directly related to Master Chief, but he's in it. It's – um. It's like a, a tertiary story about one of the characters. I believe one of the characters in the game. Okay. Um, and it's, it's I mean, I want to say it's good. It's not really good. But, like, it's cool to see the Halo world come to life in full motion video, like in real. If like my a eyes real warthog and rolled guns and all that back stuff. any further, they would be, my pupils would be facing the blind yeah. spot so in it, the back. It was a like a five-part series of episodes or something that then got, you know, they they put them all together in a single movie that you can watch on Netflix. So you should go do that if you're interested. It, it, it's a good watch. I wouldn't be paying for it. But, like, you know, if you already have Netflix. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Give it a gander. But, um, yeah, so one thing I don't like, like, we go, we go through all these big announcements, and I always talk about how they lie. Like, EA showed off their new generation of games, right? And they showed all of this pre-rendered footage that I'm sure is not in-game footage, but, of course, they implied that it was. Um and and then Microsoft is showing all this stuff with the live TV. Like, it's just part of the system. You buy the system, you're going to have all this great stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. It's dependent on cable operators, dependent on external hardware. And it's all this stuff they didn't talk about. Where That's not going to come to fruition. But the Hulu Plus, the Netflix, the interface of, like, the hand motions with the Kinect, all that stuff, that will be real. Hopefully good. We'll be back. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu.
right, we're back. Yet again, you're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. A couple of reminders, by the way. I mentioned our Facebook page earlier. We have a Facebook page. We do. It's a slash Chatterbox Game Show. And, uh, of course, UAT.edu, another website you should be visiting when you're not on Facebook. That's the website for the University of Advancing Technology. Um, <clears throat> they, by the way, are where you would go if you want to, like, get into the games industry. Or not, not necessarily get in, but learn about it, learn how to develop I don't really talk about them as much and then as I hope should. to get in. Yeah. We, we've talked in the past about how you went the non-video game uh, education route. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to really get into like it now, self-made. but um, it's, it's, a really, it's actually a really hard time right now in the industry. It's been – it's like 2009, 2008 all over again. Lots of layoffs. It's, uh, it's a tough business to stay in. With the new generation, I wonder if that's going to pick up again really quickly. Like the new uh, generation of systems, I mean. Well, it's, I mean, it's weird because I have friends who are predicting that this generation is going to actually destroy console video games. Really? Yeah. I guess we should talk about that next week. Uh, we may. We may. Okay. So we've spent this whole show on the Xbox, and I suppose it's appropriate that we do. Um but I also, you know, there, there's some stuff you want to cover here. And I also want to talk about, and I don't know that we'll even have time, but just like what this means, like this whole, the idea of the new systems and what it's doing. So I want to sort of look back on what happens when a new system is released and how we're actually moving forward. Well, here's, I get the impression, especially with, I mean, okay, we know, we know that Xbox wants to be your one thing to do everything with. Um, but that will only be true if it really does all of those things better than all the other things to do the things that people do with different things, right? Yeah. So knowing that – I'm totally following you. <laughs> knowing that, there is – I get the distinct impression that Microsoft is coming from a place of fear. Let's say you are a businessman who deals with a lot of money and you are afraid that something will not work, as in – the way that you used to make your money traditionally, right? What is the most obviously the thing you would do? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, like avoid, avoid the questionable technology? Well, I think what the most obvious thing is that you would do is you would start looking into other things that are maybe related to the main thing that brought you money to compensate for the fact that you're afraid that the, the main source of income is going to be lost. You're talking about hedging. Yes, you will hedge your bets, and I feel like this is a massive hedgerama. Well, yeah, I mean, it's alternative revenue streams, right? So they're probably going to figure out a way to get... Because so, so far, what they've shown doesn't demonstrate that they would make money in any of these areas. I mean, obviously, producing their own shows, perhaps, <laughs> if, they, yeah. if they charge for that. Yeah. Um, but once, once they... This is like... I don't know, step three or four in the larger step process where if they get everybody using the Xbox, if it becomes ubiquitous, then they have some some leverage over the media companies yeah, to well, say you should be over here and you should be paying us and for the they'll have to be involved. Many of us by our throats, won't they? Well, if we I, What's interesting is that these days we have so many options for where to see. Like I said, every machine will play Hulu and everyone will play Netflix. And then I could buy a Roku or my Apple TV or my iPhone or my iPad. They all can do these things. So I think you're not going to see strangleholds on media at all. But you're just going to be like, there are the ones that are successful and get um, privileged uh, buying contracts basically from the media companies right so like apple did really well in music and they have a lot of leverage in terms of of music contracts or how things are sold and managed on you know digital music. so i think microsoft's trying to do the same thing with with video because um, apple hasn't done a terribly good job of managing like watching television and videos i think through itunes um but that's what microsoft's trying to do take over basically you want to talk about this authentication every 24-hour thing? I don't actually know anything about it, so I have to rely on you totally. Okay. Well, thankfully, I know something about it. So you know how back when, right, we were talking about this, well, that whole Twitter fiasco, and they're like, no, you can play your games offline. Xbox will not be always on, right? You will not have to be connected to the Internet. Um, I, that happened. 
That was that sort was, of. That was about a month ago. They right? they skirted around it, suggesting that you wouldn't necessarily have to be. They did, and it was kind of like a vague, unsatisfying response. What they said was the key things you'll be able to do. Don't worry, you'll be able to be offline. Okay, so uh, there was an interview with Phil Harrison where some uh, some press person asked for clarification, and the clarification he obtained was that you do not have to be online to play. A game offline. However, the system must authenticate itself online at least every 24 hours. If that is true, and I haven't read or heard that anywhere but from your mouth, and if that is true, you can, you can trust they're me going that to lose, lose huge market share because insane. there's a bunch of people who don't have internet access. It's insane. Uh, this is what Phil Harrison says. So it's straight from Xbox. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I feel like they play a game. Speaking of hedging, I feel like they were hedging their original position based on the public backlash that happened about a month ago, and now they're like, "Oh well, how can we do this in a surreptitious way so that uh, uh, we make good PR and still get what we want out of it?" And this this has to do this is. This must, I mean to say, this must have to do with the game licensing because it has to be stored on the hard drive. They have to make sure that you don't have one game being played in two different Well, it's certainly – I mean it's certainly easier for them to fight against hacks if they have to authenticate every 24 hours, right, uh, in one way. But here's the scary thing is that – well, yes. I mean for many people, I think that this is not a satisfying resolution. No, not at all because plenty of people don't have internet access. Yeah. Plenty of kids like – don't have access to the wireless or maybe they're they have their xbox in the room above the garage right. that's physically separate from the house where the router is they don't have internet in that room even though they have internet in their house or i can't i can't go on a trip and take my console with me to somewhere that doesn't have internet access I screw can't that. that i just can't take it out of my house because i don't have access to the internet in the other place where i go fair enough right there so i want to i want to bring my xbox to your house and hook it up Right? Okay. I'm going to need you to give me all of your access codes and all that crap. Um, well, I'm going to incense you a little further now. So Phil Harrison's justification for this, uh, he started – and this is another quote from the same interview. He said – when asked to explain why this is, he says, There are many devices in your life that require the internet to function. And what he did neglect to mention is that – those things that require the internet use the internet for their functionality, and that's why they need it. It's not an artificial construction for no reason. Yeah. He, he's basically just saying you are effing used to it and uh, just get used to this. That's what he's saying. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, you're kind of blowing my mind right You're killing my buzz. It's, cr- it's crazy. Um, it's very upsetting. I was I kind understand. of excited about this, and now – that's unbelievable. I kind of want to see what happens. But I, I'm the kind of I'm the kind of person who like when there's like a horrible thunderstorm, I like like to go out and watch just to see like I just like to see chaos sometimes. And this sounds like chaos. And I want to okay. see what comes of this chaos. So let's I'm going to I'm going to dissect a real a real use case here. So we're talking about how used games uh, that I just read that used games will be an option and that game borrowing will be an option. So let's think about how this works, right? So it has to authenticate once every 24 hours. So let's say mine authenticates at 8 a.m. and I play a game through my authenticated licensing system at 10 a.m. Okay. And then I decide that I'm going to let you borrow it, all right? I okay. give it to you. You take that disk. You put it on your system at your house on the same day. You, do you think it's either going to say, you know what? Can't transfer that license. Alon's system is not online. No, I think it's going to check. It's going to check. See, I think they're stating a minimum. I think they're going to say that it has to authenticate at least every 24 hours. And every time you do a new action like you're describing, I think it will try to authenticate again, even if it's less than 24 hours. Yeah, but what hours. if my system isn't online? What if my system is powered down? I think that they will probably have information somewhere at the time, somewhere on their servers about what you have anyway, so that you don't have to be yeah. online. Oh, at also, by the way, does this mean every disk is unique? No, nobody knows, man. Nobody knows. Because they're not all unique. They won't know if you bought it from the store. They're, if you they're bought not it unique, me. but apparently you get a unique code. With each, there's a like single, in the manual or something? Yeah, there's a single code that comes with every game, and you have to put in that code every time you uh, buy a new game. So you will have to manually enter that. Well... 
somebody speculated once that it would be something like as, as simple as a QR code. Like this is the first use for QR codes oh, in like history. You f- like you flash it in front of your Connect. Yeah, and you just show it. The, show it to your Connect, and I mean that'll be cool, right? Because now we have some things to do. Yeah, and and QR codes too, because those have been useless up to now completely. Um, but, okay, so they've made the input easy, not totally passive, but this is this is totally blowing my mind. Which I'll, that also means you won't be able to play a new game unless you're connected to the internet. It might mean that. It may mean that, and yeah. that's crazy too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. This I just want to see what happens. I just want to see how many people get angry. I just want to see what kind of uproar. Well, because more... because you know what, a, a huge uproar will be fantastic. But for what I've also always said is, it's not so much that I care that I have to be on the internet, right? I care because something might break down with my internet, but also... You just want to use your product unhampered. Yeah, but periodically, the companies that handle this stuff, meaning Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, the people who want to authenticate, their systems get hacked or go down for outages. So then what happens? Like, It's not just you can't use Xbox Live for a day because Xbox Live is down. You can't use your entire Xbox for a day to play any game. Because it won't be able to authenticate, or for however many days. And so, like, Anonymous will get on their computers and start hacking just to prove a point. And then for a week, nobody will be able to use your Xbox. Not only that, when I pull the Xbox out of storage in some attic, I won't be able to use it because the service won't be authenticating the same stuff that it used to be authenticating. By the way, just real quick, we're at the end of the show. They talked about how many servers handled Xbox Live. It was when Xbox Live started, like, original Xbox I know, Xbox it's like days, a factor of 20 that five, they're going to increase it by. Well, yeah, it started off at 500 servers. Now it's at 15,000 servers, and they said when the Xbox One comes around, it's going to be 300,000 servers. Yeah, which sounds like they want everything online they, all the time. At They cost. advertise this as more computing powers running Xbox, will be running Xbox Live when the One comes out. To watch you in your living room at no, all times. Then all of the computing power on Earth in 1999. <sighs> I assume they're not taking into account like military secret supercomputers, but... Uh, oh, yeah. That's crazy, and also makes me think that those servers are doing things other than Xbox, and they're just also doing Xbox stuff. I'm going to put tape over my Kinect sensor. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with more Xbox stuff, but also something else. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.